check, test, test. Okay, good. We've actually got stream anyway. That's good. Actually checking things before we go live. What? Welcome to Beer Field. Chris Hopper, Dan Thury, Ryan Miner here with you on a Thursday night, uh, not a Wednesday night, notably. I am your host at Beerfield Hop, at Beerfield Thury, joining me at Ryan Miner underscore FFB, joining me for Twitter handles to real names. <laughs> You're like, just, I like it. I mean, it's weird. Normally we're loud, you know, you fuck a couple things up. It really feels like a show. Eh. Maybe an on. Maybe we have like a you know production meeting on air. Like Thursday, me doesn't have the same energy as Wednesday, me. That's because Wednesday you went so hard that Thursday you was recovering for it. Wednesday, me was at a homebrew meeting. Yes, (laughs) as is known to happen once a month. It does happen. Barely hear you. It's not you though. It's me. Oh. Okay. Try that. I've heard that before. It's not there, you. It's there me. we go. That's better. Perfect. Something, something was listening to music the other day and had my stuff turned down. Uh, um, yeah, weird spot here where there's nothing to promote because Botathon already happened and Wrestling for Gear happened. I got knocked off of a ring apron, got to kick a guy in the ribs and chuck him out on the ropes. So that was fun. That's cool. Um, yeah. And my Scott Fishbowl draft finally started. Uh, the live draft portion of that got through a whole round and a half before it got stuck up. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, I guess let's start there. How y'all feel about your Scott Fishbowl teams? I, I actually feel like mine. Yeah. I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good about my start. I don't have any complaints so far. There are, you know, a couple things that, um, didn't necessarily break the way that I necessarily really wanted him to, but at the same time, you know, this is why we emphasize the importance of draft with tears and have a plan B. So that if something does happen like that, you can pivot. And I find, I'm finding myself drafting guys that I wouldn't normally draft, but I'm getting him a value. Alan Robinson, Elijah Mitchell, guys like that. How many rounds have you completed? We are through 13, I think. I think I've drafted 13. Good. Good, good. Check on that real quick. Ryan, and yours is done, right? Yeah, we finished early. Like I think ours finished Monday. Like As soon as it started, we finished. Like We weren't messing around. Where are you on, Dan? Oh, I'm done. You're done? I, you started I was done before it actually started. Because, you know, live draft and all. So uh, Yeah, my draft started a week late. So Yeah. Now mine's uh, mine's been. How many quarterbacks went in you guys' first round? My first round, because I'm looking at it, we had. Let's see. I got mine pulled up. Too. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine. Nine to twelve. The only non-quarterbacks were Travis Kelsey, Christian McCaffrey, and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, we had ten. No tight ends. JT McCaffrey, non-QBs. Um, and then I was wrong. We're actually in round 15. The 15-01 yeah. just happened. 
Uh, my last pick was round 14, Tim Patrick. Wow, we like had eight it. quarterbacks in the first round. It was my wide receiver five. I figured that happened, Ryan. I figured I figured we see at least eight A-plus goal. Most people went A-plus. There are some leagues that were obviously smaller. but I waited a little longer than I wanted to to get my third, but I still grabbed Trubisky for my third, so I'm fine. That's what I grabbed, too. What round did you get him in? I got Trubisky in the... Hold on. There's double digits. I got him in the 11. I got him in the... Tenth. Oh, nice. Tenth. Ahead of Carson Wentz and Baker Mayfield. And Davis Mills. So. Who's your second QB? Tua. Tua. See, I I waited too long on my second quarterback. I wanted to see because, like, I felt like too much value was falling. Because I started out with, like, Jalen Hurts at 105. Because I just wanted to see, like, what would happen if it just took Hurts. And then Jefferson fell to me in the second round, so I couldn't pass that up. Mm-hmm. And that's kept going running back, then back to back wide receivers, and then Dallas Goddard, then Jared Goff. I went, I started off Prescott in the first, Cook in the second, Dalvin Cook in the second, Tua in the third, and then I went back to back with Allen Robinson, or I went Allen Robinson, then grabbed David Montgomery, or sorry, not Allen Robinson, uh, Keenan Allen and Allen Robinson. I get confused. Keenan Allen's my wide receiver one in the fourth round. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. So, anyway, a little insight into that importance of a plan B. Um, <laughs> there's a joke there too, but the last time I made a joke around that, it didn't land well, so we're not going to. <laughs> um, anyway, we got a show for you tonight. As always, we're going to read Roto World live because I didn't have any time to prep this. And then we're going to go through and kind of training camp start. Raiders reported today. We're going to go through and talk about each or debate what each team's battle is because I didn't predetermine them. So we'll throw out a team and figure out what the biggest camp storyline is, what we're watching for to adjust some redraft ADP. So before we do that, we got to drink. We got to drink a beer. What's fueling beer fueled? All right, Ryan, we'll switch this around. We'll let you start. Yeah, I, I've upgraded this week from last week. Did you? So to, oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, mean, you, I, I mean, you can't get much worse than last week. So. I think I could get worse because I couldn't even finish. Actually, when we finished last week, I dumped it out because <laughs> I couldn't even finish it. So this Virtual. week, I have Evan... <laughs> I have Evan Williams bourbon. Had a boy. Coca Cola Classic with it. Cool. Doing a nice mixer here. Uh, black label, seventeen eighty three, or the white label, bottle and bond. Black label. Black label, seventeen eighty. Yep. Oh, old school black label too. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Dan, what do you got? Uh, I got some. Uh, I guess phase three. Uh this is their collaboration they did with Rolling Table, another small microbrewery out of Chicago. This is called just down the road. This is a double IPA. Um, Hopster, Vic, uh, Vic Secret, Nelson Savon, Eldorado, and Laurel. Uh, you can definitely spell the, uh, you can definitely spell the dankness as soon as you pour it into the glass. It was like waves of skunk and, and, uh, and weed. I'm like, well, this is going to be fun. <laughs> Super earthy. Yeah. Fruity with that Vic Secret and that Nelson Sav, though. Oh, yeah. 
I got something real special. Jesus Christ. I am picking up Ryan Miner's slack this week. I am drinking <laughs> Pabst Blue Ribbon. Pabst Blue Ribbon was established in Milwaukee in 1844. It's the original Pabst Blue Ribbon beer. Nature's choicest products provide its prime flavors. And I just spilled some on my keyboard. So That's how, that's how good it is. He's got to give his keyboard some. Yeah, not exactly what I was going for there. So, for review, uh, midway through the episode on Pabst of Blue Ribbon. I guess I didn't go that way this too. week. I was drinking Bushlight earlier too. I couldn't break the crap beer trend. All right, let's go ahead and hit some news. Let's read some Roto World. Browns signed quarterback Josh Rosen, formerly of the of the Falcons, giving them another veteran quarterback. Um, they chose him over AJ McCarron. Uh, again, probably a sign of things to come with, with Deshaun Watson that they're, you know, taking a flyer on Rosen to bring him in and see what he can offer. I mean, new, new, new rumor is eight weeks. Obviously keeps moving up and down as the days go by. So I think what I've gathered is nobody has a clue. No one has a fucking clue. No one has a clue. No one, no one does, you know, two weeks, you know, two years, eight games, six games, no one else. Until it actually happens. Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, whatever it takes. Is Rosen that much worse than Jacoby Brissett? No. And, you know, maybe (laughs) if the Browns think that they can unlock something, then, you know, you give them a shot. So, I just love how these teams, I just love all these teams keep rotating through this, through the bad 2018 QB class. (laughs) A couple players starting camp on the pump, Michael Thomas. Um, Saints veterans don't actually report for another five days. He could come up before them, but it looks like Michael Thomas is going to start camp on the pup. Um, also James White with a hip injury starting on the pup. Uh, Bill Belichick shared Thursday. He still is not named an offensive coordinator. So. Does it really matter? I mean, he is the offensive coordinator. He just, he'll just appoint one, but he's going to make all the offensive calls anyway. Like, it's Matt Patricia, that team's that team's ruined. Well, normally though, right? It's the defense. Bel- Belichick doesn't name a defensive coordinator and makes those calls. Right. It's been McDaniel's at the helm of the offense for years and years. So with McDaniel gone again, or Josh McDaniel's gone again, it's up in the air. But Belichick's calling guards defense. But you're right. If it's Patricia, they're screwed. They they might be fucked either way, but. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Lamar Jackson arrived early to training camp, not holding out. Uh, it's after Kyler Murray signed a new deal, five years, I believe, two hundred thirty point five million for Kyler. Yeah. yeah, he's the second highest quarterback now, or second highest player. Five hundred k more than than the rapist himself, than <laughs> Watson. Yeah, he earned that five hundred k by not being a shitbag of a human. Yeah, just I guess that's the, I guess that's what it's worth. Browns are expected to be interested in Cam Newton because they're just signing all the quarterbacks. Bring in Blake Bortles and Chad Kelly next. <laughs> then they'll trade for Jimmy G. Just have a, just have a whole collection. Uh, Kenyon Drake cleared to begin training camp, so uh, there's a little bit of something that might come up later with that Raiders backfield as we talk battles. Uh, Daniel Bellinger on the pop guy that a lot of tight end a lot of people wanted to watch as a rookie. A lot of people thought he was actually 
starting as the tight end one this year. That's why the, the hype was getting real because he was out there with all the ones. Mm-hmm. So he'll start on the pop. Uh, let's see. Sorry. Still going through some things here. Christian Watson officially signed because apparently he hadn't done that yet. Jimmy Garoppolo formally given permission to seek a trade because apparently he had didn't have that yet. I thought he'd had that all offseason, but I guess not. I guess not. Uh, Darren Waller not holding out. Brees Hall officially signed. All formality shit. Jimmy Garoppolo expected to be cleared by mid-August, so he'll get to play some in training camp after being given permission to seek that trade. This is why I prepped this stuff ahead of time. Eddie Goldman retired. Uh, <laughs> if the season began today, Jeff Wilson would be Elijah Mitchell's primary backup, which, duh. Well, I'm not worried about TDP. No. No. TDP is a talented flyer that didn't produce in college. He, he will probably find some success in this offense, but I'm not particularly worried about him. As just, it relates to Mitchell's value. Just roster as many San Francisco backs as you can. That's true. Like, nope. what of them's going to produce? Well, they're saying like uh, Jeff Wilson's at RB two right now behind uh, Mitchell. That's what a Hopper just said. That's what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was addressing my talent, and I must have had him down all the way down to nothing. Ooh, that's that's ouch. Cold blooded. I uh, just nothing. No, because my computer keeps going off. I don't know if you guys are hearing it, but I'm hearing it. I don't hear anything. I really don't hear well, anything. No, I can't now. hear you at all because. Some, somebody you wanted to up. turn me down, so I mean, <laughs> well, two can play at this game. Oh. Hey, can you unmute yourself? We're trying to do a show here. That's that's that. No, that's no, hilarious. he can't figure out how to get off mute now. <laughs> it's the little red button at the bottom, buddy. Here's a question the for you. Bottom of your screen, bottom left. There's a microphone. There, there you, you go. Here's a question you, for you. Once you we're, kept, uh, you kept sending me the unmuted button, so I just kept saying, "Stay muted." Once we hit the third, once we get out of third grade here, AJ Dillon or, or Aaron Jones? Which one do you Jones. prefer? Aaron Jones. How about at ADP? Who do you yeah. prefer? What's the ADP? Both. They're both, both. cheap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can get both, but I think, what is it? Is Aaron Jones like second round? And uh, I'm not, I'm I don't know if he's like second round. Aaron Jones? I, I'm yeah. pulling it up. No, right Aaron now. Jones is further down than that. Yeah, he should not be second round. He's second round, then you definitely want Jones is two oh four. Oof. And okay. AJ uh, Dillon. Dillon's five oh seven. So a- yes. AJ Dillon's the answer. Both yeah. Who do you want at ADP? I want AJ sure. Dillon at ADP. I, I think AJ they're both going to be productive, but I'll take AJ yes. Dillon at ADP. I, I would take AJ Dillon over Aaron Jones. By the way, that's always the answer when we're debating two backs that are likely going to be in a timeshare and we're not really sure how that timeshare is going to land, is take whoever's cheaper. Yep. I have faith in uh, Aaron Jones, so I'm gonna take Aaron Jones. I I I I also have faith in Aaron Jones. I'm gonna take AJ Dillon because I, I get to save three rounds. Of, yeah, what it comes down value. to, what it's it comes down it's to, save three rounds. But like, I look at like who has a better chance of finishing as like a first round running back. You know, like one of these whoever I stays healthy at, the most. So I look at who has a better chance to outperform their ADP, and Aaron Jones is going ahead of Kamara, likely going to be suspended. Whatever. Ahead of Javante Williams, ahead of Saquon Barkley, ahead of Zeke Elliott, and Dave Montgomery. Whereas, you know, Dylan, you know, those are all guys that you're relatively confident can perform at that level and not 
necessarily in a timeshare, whereas AJ Dillon's going down with Damian Harris and Miles Sanders. So the way I look at it is who's likely to outperform their ADP. AJ Dillon is likely to outperform the CEHs and Miles Sanders and you know Kareem Hunts of the world versus you know up at the two hundred four where you've got Aaron Jones going with you know Javonta Williams, Saquon Barkley, Ceedee Lamb, Debo Samuel, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill. So I don't disagree with you that Aaron Jones is going to be productive and that he could live up to that second round ADP. But the way you win is finding players that are going to outperform their ADP. What's nice with who is you actually get them both in your draft if you really wanted to. You could. You could. I'm not a super fan of uh, of spending that much uh, capital on one backfield. Uh, yeah, that's a nice standalone value, though. You're just, you're just cannibalizing your own, you know, your own upside with that, though. Generally, generally, you're, you know, you're you're hoping that both players completely blow up. Otherwise, you're just wasting a roster spot on a running back who could or a wide receiver who could if it's in the flex. So, so, so say they both finish as two, like both as like top 15 running backs. I don't care where they finish. Like, I care where the points per game is at. So, so generally, it's how I care. That's like it, it's it, it's I've seen the debate talked about with them because they should run the ball more, should be more of a game manager. They're. Yeah, they they're void is they're void at pass catcher. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If they're both if they're both on the field at the same time a lot, then who cares then? But Mm -hmm. if they're both you know coming out for each other, it's just you're just cannibalizing your upside by trying to guarantee an an RB one finish while also having an RB four or five finish in that spot, and that's going to lead you to what middle of the pack and. Not quite no a lot of no money biscuit. that way. No risk it, no biscuit. <laughs> that's uh, how you take. No right, that's how. That's why we take Rashad White in uh, double digit rounds. Oh yeah, I'll with take Mr. Fernet at two sixty. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Fernet was at two sixty a month ago. Plus, I love it. We're gonna talk about that in a minute. He's only gonna get down to two thirty, two forty. It'd be fine. He said he played two forty five last year. Yeah, so fifteen pounds is nothing. I could lose 15 pounds in four weeks if I really wanted to. I've done it before. I'm sure, yeah. I'll just get sick, and I'll definitely lose 15 pounds. Uh, <laughs> the Athletics' Vic Taffer believes Keelan Cole and Mac Hollins are favorite to start opposite Devontae Adams in the Raiders' offense. Don't really care. Tampa Bay Times reports that coaches were not happy with Leonard Fournette's weight during teams in camp, and... I mean, I mean, I'm not happy with my weight either. I'm just glad people don't write about it. <laughs> uh, but I wish I was getting paid three million dollars to come in slightly overweight. God, Lomb- we gotta set this up, Hopper. Lombardi, Lombardi, Lenny. He showed up nearly 260 pounds, as we just mentioned. Um, maybe he's trimmed down, but he also plays heavy. So whatever there. Well, they got him on the treadmill and stuff. Yeah. Well, they got to. He'll be down in no time. He'll be. I mean, look, Eddie Lacy was a successful NFL running back. I don't give a shit if Fournette's a little bit overweight. Though, I mean, you kind of want them to come in of weight. Yeah, well, be, but it was June it'd minicamp. It'd be nice if he took his condition a little more seriously. Sure, but it was June minicamp. Tell me what he shows up for at regular camp. Hey, we're just going to use this, you know, 
You know, to capitalize you know what? on the I value. I am thankful for Leonard Fournette. I appreciate Leonard Fournette because I don't have to read another goddamn best shape of his life story about Leonard Fournette. He's, not yet. He's in not, the worst wait. shape of his life. A <laughs> <laughs> couple more weeks. He'll be back in the best shape of his life. Uh, Ryan Switzer retired. He did? Yeah. Oh. After five NFL seasons. It's the uh, first player we evaluated, I think, to have an official retirement and not just get forced out of the league. Oh, shit. That's probably true. Look at us. God, we've been around that long to have a player retire on us. Yeah. <laughs> the Broncos will use running back screens in their offense. It's that time of year. All but right. they're building ground Russell Wilson. Good. <laughs> Lots of insights on the Broncos offense. <laughs> Draft you want to shape our offense to fit Russell Wilson. Well, that's, the, you know, that's good. We want to use screen passes that's, with our running backs. That's what you should be doing. I mean, it's what common knowledge says you should be doing anyway. Uh, Scotty Miller, not a lock to make the week one, one roster. Uh, Brandon Ayuk's during minicamp wasn't what you'd expect from a veteran receiver. It's probably exactly what I'd expect from Brandon Ayuk, given that note. So when he's playing poorly, yeah, I'm not. I'm that guy. I've so how does it make you feel about Debo Samuel now? Like, do you still want him at ADP, or are you still going to pass on him at ADP? Because he's also saying too that he's not going to be running the ball like he was. No one. Wa- why would you want him running the football? No, you got a running all. quarterback and That's a running a terrible back. Idea. I still want Debo Samuel. I just, I don't know uh, about two or six at wide receiver seven mm. right now. That's again, we are off. Tough. That's that's a little rich. I would like him maybe down around T Higgins around later, or AJ Brown around on a low volume offense around later, or DK Metcalf with no. Offense around later with those big upside, big guys down there more so than I want him at the two hundred seven. Yeah. yeah. If I can get him in That's... the third round, if I can get him mid third round, basically I'll, I'll do it all day because I like him a little bit more than Brown and Metcalf. But yeah, I think third round's probably he's a little probably about around too high. Yeah, in that range, I mean, you're looking at I mean outside of just wide receivers, but you're running back wise too with yeah. You know, with the aforementioned Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, you know, Javonta Williams was just too high at 207. You know, Barkley, your boy Fernandez and Zeke there in the, you know, back in the second, early third. So mm-hmm. a couple more retirements. Uh, Jason McCourty retired. Richie Incognito retired. The bully himself. <laughs> I didn't know that was even still a thing. Richie Incognito? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, after he threatened to kill people at his dad's funeral. Real real class act. That was a real story. I'm sure it was. It's Richie. It got an eagle. Yeah. So, all right. That's all we got for news, unless I missed anything. I trust you. Cool. Real energetic. All right, cool. We're going to go ahead and jump through. <laughs> I blame you for this. I, you come I, on here all... Oh fucking monotone. No, you're you're not wrong. It's on it's on me to set the tone for the show and I came in a little little toned down, not quite as loud, not quite as rambunctious and you know, trying to We'll have one argument. Trying to run it's a coming, I'm sure. professional thing here. Oh yeah, cuz <laughs> I mean the whole point of this episode is to argue. All right, we're going to go through each team, talk about their best training camp battle and plant a flag. Start in the AFC East cuz that's the first depth chart I had. So, you know, Dan, we'll start with you. What 
are you watching the Bills for in training camp? What what battles are you watching, and which one do you think is the most key to fantasy football for Buffalo? I mean, I guess it's going to be like I think we know the wide receivers, so it's got to be the running backs. It's got to be what the early work looks like for James Cook. I think he is one of the odds on favorites for, you know, for hero RB drafters and for zero RB drafters. Cause if a lady's going in his rookie drafts and you want to kind of get an idea of, of what type of workload he should be seeing, it's hard to know right now. But if he's starting to get some run with the first team, I guess that's a decent sign that he should be on the field a decent amount to start the season. But if it's all Devlin Singletary, especially when we get, into preseason, you know, week two, I guess now there's only three weeks of pre or uh, three games of preseason. It's, it's just seeing where he is compared to Devin Singletary. Mm-hmm. It'll kind of give us an idea of, of, of what to expect from this backfield to start the year before all the injuries and shit come in. Yeah. I, I think that I would agree with that being the biggest one. We're watching what they're going to do with Zach Moss pretty close as well. Um, Zach he Moss. should be dead and cut, but <laughs> You know, at least make sure he's he's buried. Um, the other argument you could make here, which I don't think is as fantasy relevant, I think the running back's the right call, is that slot receiver position. I think most of us assume Crowder, but his health's been a little bit up and down. And, you know, Isaiah McKenzie's been successful, and a lot of people like Khalil Shakir coming in. So um, that third wide receiver spot's going to be interesting to watch throughout the year, albeit not necessarily super productive for fantasy. So I agree. It's the James Cook and, and Devin Singletary. Thing that I'm keeping a close eye on. Ryan, anything to add there? With a sprinkle of Dawson Knox and OJ Howard. Who? Uh, who's going to be the more athletic tight end that's going to yeah. catch touchdown passes from Dawson Josh no- Allen? Dawson Knox should should have the leg up on the competition. He should, well, especially because his legs generally work. <laughs> Miami Dolphins. Um. So a couple options here, uh, you know, actually not really a couple options here. I think the only thing that we're watching here is also the running backs with Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Sonny Michelle. And I really don't think, I think most of us anticipate that Edmonds is going to be the guy, but I think you're really watching that backup battle between Mostert and Michelle close to, because you do want, especially the way that McDaniel uses running backs, you know, there is going to be a second back in Miami that's valuable, I think, in the late rounds. You absolutely want to know who the backup running back is. With Evans, Gaskin not, can't get the Gaskin's best model of that either. Yeah, there it's just who's the backup? Who is who's the perceived backup and, and then what type of role do they even have behind Evans? I mean, normally you're just waiting for Evans to get hurt or, or you know, or to miss time for whatever reason, and then you you know pounce on that backup. And that's you know, you know, as you said, Hopper, that's what we're looking for. The one I'm really excited about is uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, just because they're so close in like rankings, ADPs you look at. It's like, it's you true. know, who's going to be that true wide receiver one? Are they going to cancel each other out, you know, week to week? Is Are they both going to explode? Like, how's it all going to pan out? Like, I'm looking forward to seeing, like, who Tua is really looking at more at, at that one-on-one. Yeah. All right. So here's a question, then. You want you want Tyreek Hill at the 209, or do you want Jalen Waddle at the 408? I think Tyreek Hill is a two hundred nine for me, just because I anticipate that Tyreek Hill is gonna going to uh, be the one there. I like Waddle quite a bit, but you know the A dot from last year worries me. 
Um, the way they used him close to the line of scrimmage worries me. And, you know, it, it's really the capital in, in both of them. They gave up a lot to get Tyree Kill. And Waddle's a high round draft pick too, but you gave up a lot to get Tyree Kill in there. And I think that they're going to try to make him, uh, a focal point of this offense. And, you know, also it's an offense that tends to lean on the run quite a bit from what we saw in San Francisco. So I also I think. think I think there would be wide receivers that are going to give you headaches. Because, like, last year, Tyreek Hill was like more of a headache type of wide receiver. Like, you look at his stats last year and the year before. They are very similar. But last year, he was more boom-bust than anything. Like, you know, he'd have that blow-up week and then have nothing. I feel like Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are going to have that week in, week out, where they're both going to, you know, one week they'll mm-hmm. both, you know, they both could explode like how the Chargers can. And then another week, you know, they're getting four points. The other one's getting 15, 20 points. Yeah, they could both be very frustrating and, you know, they're going to be frustrating to give me Waddle because frustrating in the fourth round is a lot easier to stomach than frustrating in the second. Yeah. When you're passing on people like Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, uh, well, Debo Samuel, CD Lamb. Waddle just, he's got you know, two plus years getting back to college with the chemistry that's already being built in. He's got a coordinator that. I don't think they're going to be as run heavy as people think. I think he'll learn from Kyle Shanahan to adapt his tendencies and his play calling and his scheming based around the playmakers he has. And as much as I like Chase Edmonds, why the fuck would you run a ball that much more when you have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, two of what could be the biggest headaches for defensive coordinators to try to game script around? You know, two may not have a big arm, but I think Mendanos is crafty enough to utilize. You know, two of strengths combined with the strengths of yards after the catch for both Waddle and Hill. I'll just take the discount on Waddle. Easy enough. All right, Patriots. Um, I'm not concerned about the running backs because that's a battle that's not going to be solved. So I'm really looking to see how Devonta Parker fits this offense and if he cuts into Jacoby Myers' work at all. Um, you know, they kind of play different roles. Meyer, really safe floor guy. Parker had a big season, finally had the big season two years ago, fell back to earth a little bit last season. Um, that's really all I think there is to watch with the Patriots. I guess you can make an argument for, you know, the second running back of Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, but really I think it's Myers and Parker that I'm watching there. I mean, they're both double digit round receivers. A Parker is going in a round and a half or two rounds ahead of Myers. I actually kind of like Parker in this. You know, he's get he gets probably his best deep ball passer that he had, and would have thought back Jones being you know being coordinated with you know with with good deep ball passes. But I think you're going to see this offense be potentially be a little more open, allowing Jones to do what he does. And they gave up a third round pick for Parker. You know, I mean, I see him like a lot, but you know, with their with their attendance or you know, with their problems of drafting receivers and bringing in a veteran. That it, that looks a lot different than every other receiver on this offense. I think you can get value both Myers and Parker, and I think Parker could have some nice games, especially you know for those best ball weeks. I like it. I don't disagree with that. Myers to me is the type of player that's invaluable in those late rounds. Though, if the floor holds, he's so good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the Jets, Ryan, what are we looking at for the Jets? What are you paying attention to? What are we watching there? Who the actual wide receiver one's really going to be there? It's like, okay, we know I understand with Brees Collins and uh, 
Michael Carter. But it's like, you know, is Elijah Morgan taking the next step? Is it going to be uh, Garrett Wilson? Is it going to be Corey Davis? You know, Corey Davis. Like, you know, because Corey Davis actually did really good last year when he was healthy. Mm-hmm. So it, can Corey Davis actually still be that wide receiver one? It's like, who do you draft there? You know, of course, I think the way we're going to look at it is we're going to go the last, the best of the last, you know. So whoever's going to be drafted last will go after that one. So right now, Elijah Moore, 7'10". Uh, I don't think Garrett Wilson's being... He's 14.05. Uh, he's, he's the 14th, and then Corey Davis is right behind him. So you have two 14th round picks. Two, I, I would just take a flyer on Wilson or Davis. And, you know, I like Elijah Moore, too, and I think he's the most likely one to to pop, but they drafted Garrett Wilson for a reason. Like you said, Ryan, Corey Davis was good last year when he was healthy. So, so was well, Elijah Moore. And yeah. he did it with like four or five different quarterbacks. Yeah. Sure. Right. I still want but, Elijah Moore. I think he's like, no, and I'm okay. There's with not that. much of a discount there that you can from Garrett Wilson, but at least more. But you're not getting a discount on Garrett Wilson in the 15th round. No, no. I'm saying you're not getting a discount on with Moore. Elijah Moore yeah. when they drafted uh, Garrett Wilson. That's that's, what I meant. Yeah. Um, that I agree with because yeah. I think more in the seventh round feels about right on an offense that a lot of people have questions about. Yeah. That we should, that should, you know, that should also throw the football more and still play from behind. So mm-hmm. now give me at both. Yeah. Or give me Garrett Wilson late the way that rookie wide receivers have kind of hit lately. That too. Yeah. All right, let's jump over to the NFC side. It's still in the East. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, is there anything we're paying attention to there as far as training camp battles? Or the, I mean, this is a team I look at, and they seem pretty set. Gallup's going to start on the pop. Jalen Tolbert's going to gonna take those starts. They, it's pretty much already predetermined because there's a huge talent drop-off after that. Um, running backs are, are pretty set. We know that Pollard's going to get his, particularly in the passing game, but you know he's not threatening Zeke for carries, and Dalton Schultz, as long as he signs, is locked in. Is a and we're not going to really see much of of trying to show out between Pollard and Zeke. They're going to be pretty vanilla with their play calling, and we're going to see a lot of you know dual running backs out there. So I'm with you. I don't think there's much to talk about in Dallas unless you got something, Ryan. No, I don't see any hype at all. I just see it just you know, picking up from last year. All right, flipping over to the Giants. Uh, really, this is a team that needed to do more, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, and they they really didn't. So this is another team I look at, and it's like, all right, what are we watching here? Uh, for me, all I'm watching to see is Kadarius Tony healthy. That's that's my biggest thing is can Kadarius Tony make it through training camp healthy? And if so, then he's your most draftable pass catcher. I'm not. I don't care about Sterling Shepard because he's been hurt for like five years now on and off again. Um, and Kenny Galladay was a total dud last year, even when he was healthy. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, I'd like to see if, if there is any pop from Daniel Jones now with Brian Dabble and, and what should be, I guess, a just a better overall team and offense and hopefully scheme that he brings to it. But and I guess just to see what we get from Barkley, if we get much of anything from Barkley in the preseason. I'm excited for Saquon Barkley this year. I mean, I feel yeah, getting him at two. I'm almost too like, excited. Yeah, I'm, too, it's like, I'm, I'm a little too excited because, like, you know, 
people compare like, you know, oh yeah, he had a bad season. He was injured. You know, he's been injured the last couple of years. But then it's like, you know, look at Christian McCaffrey. He's the same exact thing. But yeah, when Christian McCaffrey came back, he was still putting up 25, 30 points, PPR points. That is. And, uh, he's going at 104. So it's like the discount you can get, you can actually have both of them on your team right now. If you're drafting today, which is freaking crazy thinking of having Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. It's something you can only see in like an auction league. I feel like it feels so good. Right? <laughs> like, I usually like want to run around in circles. Like, you have both of them on your team. You're, you're getting up, you're running around, you're coming back and drafting. Then you can get like a, a, uh, City Lamb or maybe like a sliding Jamar Chase or something in a second. Oh, it just feels good. Right? Feels good. Love it. All right. Philadelphia Eagles. Go ahead, Ryan. Anything here that you're paying attention to with Philly? Uh, like the, the hate for uh, uh, Miles Sanders, man. That is a hard one to get over. Like he didn't have any touchdowns last year, but he still had the yards. He still had the the uh, catches, but no touchdowns. And this year, it's like those touchdowns have to come back. So I mean, he's going at five ten right now. But I've been seeing him drop more like than sixth round lately, and a lot of drafts. And so he's one player I'm really excited about. And then Jalen Hurts on top of that. You know, getting AJ Brown. You, know, you have another. You have another. A true wide receiver one to pair with uh, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goder. You know, this is the true make or break year right now. I feel it for Jalen Hurts too. So with him going at start of the sixth round, six oh four, I think that's pretty good value right there. I mean, you also get what we talked about with Miami, right? You know, team trades for a new wide receiver one, and you have. Last year's wide receiver one with that, you know, with that chemistry being built and dating back, you know, to college and, and the success that he had also in his rookie. You're talking about Devonta Smith. Mm. It's just, you know, it's the same conversations that get talked about with Tua and Waddle that you can, you, you know, you can find value potentially in Devonta Smith because of what of them trading for AJ Brown and Brown's still going in what the third, fourth round, which if you believe in Hurst and if you believe in him as, you know, becoming a better passer, it, it, it's they're both a value in that you know, you know, in that same stance. So, I'm interested to see how all those two mesh and how just how whatever information we can get, you know, from this offense in preseason, maybe nods in training camp to who hurts is favoring a little bit more to start. Yeah, I got nothing to add to, to any of that, especially with uh, Smith and Brown. Uh, Washington Commanders. Don't know that there's a whole lot to watch here either. Um, mostly because they didn't add a whole lot. I guess you could watch for, you know, that wide receiver two battle, but I think that's pretty well Jahan Dotson. Um, you know, and we have a pretty clear cut idea on what they want to do with the backs also. I don't think Gibson's role is in danger. I think they want to mix Robinson in as kind of a two headed attack. So I guess if you're watching for anything, it's how does Brian Robinson look? And, you know, does he show enough to be, to warrant getting the carries it would take to try to recreate a D'Angelo Williams, Jonathan Stewart type of situation? And if he does, that could inherently impact how you value Antonio Gibson. But there's not really a straight battle there I'm paying attention to. No. 
I agree. Yeah, no battles. I'm, I'm just paying attention to we'll see what Carson Wentz does. Hurt, in general. Hurts his leg. <laughs> just like, you know, third team in two years now. It's like, all right, man. What's lose, going on here? Probably lose to the worst worst side team and the worst, you know, in the worst time to do it. All right. For the Ravens, I think that, uh, you know, arguably the thing I'm paying the most attention to here is the running backs. Who's healthy? Who's not healthy after all the injuries that they had? How do they fall in? Uh, they have five guys right now that I think are worthy of making the roster at running back and three to four of them probably will. So, um, you know, somebody's going to end up cut and then two other guys are probably going to have value. And that's out of J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Mike Davis, Tyler Beatty, and Justice Hill. So really watching who's healthy, who's not healthy, and how these guys look and this roster shapes out because we know it can be a running back-friendly team. It's just a matter of who's it going to be. You know, is Beatty a six-round pick good enough to earn a roster spot, or is he going to try to get snuck through to you know a practice squad position? Mike Davis got anything left. Are they going to hang on to Justice Hill, who hasn't really shown a whole heck of a lot? That's where I'm at with this team. Mike Davis feels like he's going to probably get cut. He feels like the the veteran that gets brought in due to the health of the starters. If I had to guess cuts, it would be Davis and Justice Hill. Yeah. And they'll probably roll in. If they don't cut Justice Hill, they may try to sneak, you know. Beatty to the practice squad. Sneak, I mean, he was a six-round pick. I yeah. mean, there's a good chance he makes it. And they can sign on one of the vets that's still out there. Um, I think the only way Davis makes the team is if one of Gus or or Dobbins isn't ready to go by week one. And if they if they're both going to be fine and play, then I think Davis will get cut. Sure. Anything to add, Ryan? Well, plus wasn't the report uh, Dobbins wasn't going to be ready by week one? Is that what a uh, rap report said? <laughs> yeah, or? until Jay Dobbins, Dobbins dumped on it, dumped yeah. on him. So. <laughs> It's yeah, so it's. Uh, I'm gonna man. laugh real fucking hard though. Begins up on week week one though, <laughs> and that report was a little unclear anyway because it was he's not gonna be ready for week one. But the Rappaport report was basically that they were trying to gonna ease him in into week one, and we kind of had that debate a couple weeks ago on whether that meant he was a candidate to start on the pop or they were just not gonna risk injuring him and rushing him back too soon. So. The health of J.K. Dobbins, health of J.K. Dobbins falls right into that as you watch how that back that backfield lands. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you want to play it safe, like, especially if you're drafting now, if you're doing any draft, I'd be going Gus Edwards later in the thirteenth round. Yeah, well, because Edwards so is going to find some utilization anyway. So exactly, they that's don't want to run so, one back. That difference is insane. Like Dobbins in the third, there's still a lot of upside. I mean, that that th- that's still fine. But Edwards in the thirteenth, yeah. Like, why would you then? Why would you ever want to take a, a Madison or a Pollard in the seventh, eighth, ninth round? I mean, I, I, I guess kind of. Dan, I got that energy for you. We are forty-three Oof. minutes into the show, and I never switched the YouTube to the cameras. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Woo, baby! There you go. We're, yeah. we're through like three segments. You wanted the energy. There it was. Oh man, that's that's fucking great. The YouTube's was just just like. Well, I mean, they had the logo with us talking. They had the logo. They didn't see our face. It's they're fun. probably like, "What's fucking happening?" As far as well, fa- as far as failures go, that's okay. We didn't really do anything yet to have camera for, yeah, unless you wanted yeah. to see my PBR can. In which case, wait, that's yeah, the wrong side. yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. 
Here's here's how phase three looks. Ooh. Uh, and Coke. Which was blurred out. My blurred out background for now. Yeah. So I fixed my basement wall. Um, One of these days. Bengals, there's nothing to really talk about there. They're they're chalk. Yeah. For training camp. Get through it healthy. Yep. The Cleveland Browns. Uh quarterback situation for is gonna drive this whole damn thing and then i still think it's percent i think he starts week one i think so. it's also how does david bell look in comparison to amari cooper does anthony schwartz or donovan peoples jones i mean look you're you're not worried about the running backs here the quarterbacks are going to make or break this damn thing and there's no clarity at the wide receiver position and there's not even really anything sexy at the wide receiver position I mean, I think we kind of know that that Cooper and one of people's Jones or Swartz will start outside, and then mm-hmm. Bell will work in the middle. Yeah, that'd be my guess. Not middle, but slot. But yeah. again, like you said, like do you really want to have more than one receiver from a percent led offense? And no, God knows how slow Watson's going to start out. Dude hasn't played football in almost uh, two years. Well, and do you even want Amari out of shape? And do you even want Amari Cooper in a percent offense who? Faded hard in, you know, Dak Prescott offense. I've, I've stumped for Cooper on the show before where, you know, the underlying intangibles were not, were not bad. It didn't drop off in any major category other than CD Lamb showed up and they stopped looking his direction. But, you know, same thing, right? Is he really going to get peppered with that many targets? 602, wide receiver 25. Who's he around? Uh, Adam Thielen and Mike Williams and Brandon Cooks are the top three in front of them. Then Renfro, Robinson, and Mooney I take are behind him. Robinson, Mooney, um, and Cooks and Thielen. Probably I mean, you got you got Marquise Brown in the seventh round. You got there's, Cortland Sutton in the yeah, seventh round. There's a lot. Elijah of- Moore. I mean, got Robert Woods. I mean, again, we're still in very early redraft season. We haven't had a lot show up, so these numbers still haven't been too much skewed differently from the early offseason. But they're picking but up. I mean, they they're starting to. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of value to where there's no need to there's no need to take the risk on on a lower passing volume offense and draft Amari Cooper in the sixth round probably as your wide receiver two or three. Right, uh, times drafted. I mean, these are up in the three, four, five hundreds now as opposed to the. Oh god, we're in the thousands. Yeah. Ryan, sorry. I'm also curious who their number two receiver is really gonna be. You know, is it gonna be like the one who I keep thinking I do. Like Dave like David Najoku at fourteen oh eight. I think like you know, you paying him, it's like that's like one of my favorite sleeper tight ends to like aim for at the end of my draft. It's like I'm I'm going elite or late. So I'm not gonna try going in between. It's like I have a few elite players I want to get at tight end. And then after that, I'm not going after anyone else. And it's David Njoku as my target. Because I see him truly being the number two target in that receiving game. I yeah. see this offense just imploding this year. And you want no, you want nothing. So you mean the Browns are just going to brown? Browns are just going to suck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like even Nick Chubb's going to be like, I got 1,200 yards rushing, but two touchdowns. Like, cool, bro. Awesome. How's an RB3 finish for you? Great. Steelers. Anything there. Uh, DeAndre Johnson, we know, is the one. Mitch Trubisky, we pretty much assume, is going to start. Najee Harris is a top running back. Pat Fryermuth, their tight end, is near the back 10. You don't really love anything else behind that. 
What about the number three receiver in the league? Chase Claypool. <laughs> what? Hey, he said he was, didn't he say he was like a top three receiver in the league? He said, yeah, I think he said that. It's more of a dynasty thing for me. I got my question marks there. But for this year, I think it's pretty set in stone on yeah. on who's who. He's taking the, the, Yeah. He's trying to speak it into existence. <sighs> he's the guy in the bar that talks about how he can give you a good night, and then it's over in 30 <laughs> seconds. He's the guy in the bar reading <laughs> off Tyreek Hill 40 times. Oh, God. Sundays. <laughs> oh, fuck. Jeez, fan. That's a... Uh, that's a deep cut. There's a deep cut. That's a deep cut. Ryan's like, what? Speaking don't worry about it, Ryan. Yeah, I don't want to go to your guys' bars. No, you don't. I saw an American Pie. <laughs> Chicago Bears. Who? The, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Bears. No, I got nothing. I, I'm, I watching the wide I'm watching the wide receiver two, the wide receiver two battle between Bayless Jones and you know, EQ St. Brown and Nikhil Harry. I think that it's going to be interesting to see who, who else lines up there, who else lines up opposite Mooney, because we know that Mooney is not a one. And if Fields does take the next step, there is the possibility that one of those guys ends up with some flex value, especially with the Bears playing from behind the Alan Hearns type of scenario, if you will. So, you know, I do have some interest in who the second wide receiver is going to be here because of how bad I think that defense is going to be. As much as I like Nikhil Harry as a prospect, I think all of us would agree we did. I'm interested to see if he gets his shit together. New team, wide open, wide open competition. We know that the talent's there. We just hope that, you know, the in between the years can be right and he can, you know, he can kind of become who he wants to. And uh, uh, Dante Pettis is also there, by the way. How the fuck? They just have a what the cast of busts over there? Uh, who is Harry, available to sign? A Pettis, St. Brown, St. Well, I mean, St. Brown was, was a sixth round pick. Can't really be a bust. Tajay Sharp's there somehow Tajay for some Sharp, reason. That's right. Uh, Brian Pringle, Byron Pringle. <laughs> My God, I'm I'm I feel so bad for Chicago Bear fans. Yeah. Next year, when you guys have all that cap space and a top five pick. Yeah, we'll figure it guys. out then. You can get Smith in the bowl, but you can get the white out from Ohio State and uh Oh Smith and Jigba, please. And then just, you know, whoever else you want to pick up and free like whoever else you want to overpay. Please, Smith and Jigba. Juju, get Juju there too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I dude, that's not a bad fit. You get you get Jack Smith and Nigbo, you get Juju in the slot, the Mooney on the opposite Mo- side. Mooney outside, speed guy. Yeah. That's, you got Cole Komet. It's very formidable. I think it's the number two uh, target getter in that offense probably this year. I think year. so, too. And I think Cole Komet you know, could easily end up at, at least for Ironmuth levels of tight end 7-8. So. He'll be a back end tight end one. He will he be. He may not get the touchdowns. He won't have any of the big boom upside, but he'll have, he'll be solid. He'll have consistency. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm watching that wide receiver two battle, though, just – because I think that there is going to be some volume there and some some bi week flex type of opportunity. Yeah. If Harry gets it or Jones gets it. Detroit Lions. Oh, you Ryan. Oh yeah. I'm watching that wide receiver core. I want to see how if I'm on Ross St. Brown really gets six seven targets. I want to see how DJ Moore or not DJ Moore. DJ Shark does on the outside. I want to see what Jameson Williams can do whenever he comes back. Supposedly he's going back after Thanksgiving. What? So, yeah. 
God damn. Like he's talking like we like I've heard like as early as week one, I've heard week four, I've heard Thanksgiving now. I mean that's so, smart. There's no need to rush him back. No. It's not gonna be a lot here, but like they're not gonna, gonna need him. It will like, not be right. I cannot wait for you to be the saddest Lions fan when they, I'm when they make they the won. playoffs. That's the seventh seed. And then or the Saints the, end up as a bottom five, or not the Saints. Oh, they don't, they don't have a second uh, 23 first rounder this year. Damn it. Or do they? Do they have They have the Rams, they right? They have the Rams section. Yeah, the Lions. Yeah, the Lions That's the right. Rams. They have the Rams. Well, Rams are going back to the Super Bowl. So hopefully you guys will make the playoffs and then you can. The Move offense, up. like, I don't, I don't, I still don't see these 10, like, these wins that people keep seeing, I don't see it because it's like, okay, the offense improved a lot more, but the defense didn't improve that much better. The defense was still 31st against scoring last year. Their defense and the NFC year. North is bad. It's for not a Lions. good division. <laughs> it's for the Lions. It's okay. They're, Every single game is winnable. When, when I say, yeah, God, you are so, stop place. being so reasonable about the Lions. Get fucking happy. I am happy. I mean, God damn it. We're voting for the next <laughs> I'm picking year. them to make the playoffs, okay? I'm sorry. Uh, I got I got I like the Vikings finish first in that one. Well, I mean, so do I, but Lions are gonna be they're gonna beat out Green Bay. It's gonna be glorious. God, I'd love to see I that. think they will beat out Green Bay too. Ugh, Green Bay, so overrated. Lions are we're in a lot of games and they've gotten a lot better. I don't disagree on watching how those wide receivers fall yeah. either. I think it's St. Brown. Um, I think that you know, Jameson's going to start on the pop. So I'm really actually starting to fall like back towards Amon Ross St. Brown. So I've actually been starting to move him up. Yeah, more and more. I think so. I think Jark will have a role, and Reynolds will plug in until Williams is healthy. But Williams starting on the pop is going to open so many up. targets there. Oh my god! Yeah. I mean, I, I do think St. Brown's going to get six plus seven plus, but man. They got at least adequate. They have like three or four adequate. Do we need to features. do the whole St. Brown no. gets six plus no, no. targets a game thing again? <laughs> I said he is. I'm just saying. Uh, we made it through the Jets without Zach Wilson having to play every position. So, <laughs> oh, God. We're, not, we're not rehashing that one again. The Mill Hunter. The Mill Hunter. The Mill Hunter himself. Green Bay Packers. Um, is it the wide receivers or is it the running backs? What are you paying closer attention to? Nothing. I don't care. It's, yeah. it's the I'm running watching backs Christian, and Lazard, and that's it. I'm watching Christian Watson because I want to see if it looks like he's going to be far enough along to start over Sammy Watkins or Randall Cobb to start the season. I want to see. We know he's a raw talent. We know he's athletic as hell. I want to see if he looks good enough in the preseason, if the Packers think he's far enough along to give him a starting job and put him on the field with Alan Lazard. Because if so, then he does have wide receiver three, wide receiver four type value as a floor. So I am paying close attention to him. I mean, that's lowest, the slowest pace. I, it's, I mean, it's, I know it's Rogers, but I don't think he's, I don't think we're getting two wide receiver threes from this. Offense. I just, I don't think we are. It's Lazard. Maybe it's Watson if he comes along late and Lazard falls off. But it depends I, where, you know, as you just said, Hopper, just depends where he is in his development. I mean, just like with Lance, he's coming from a Division two school behind. He's just super athletic and raw. And and I guess we'll see. They'll but. slow it down if they have to slow it down. But if they 
and they, I mean, might, they were the slowest right? pace offense last year. I don't know how much slower they can get. Well, that's what I mean, yeah. right? If they have the pieces to go more up tempo, I think they're smart enough to do that. But I don't think that there's anything there that dictates them going more up tempo. I mean, outside of them, you know, playing from behind, which we don't expect because they have, yeah, I think arguably the best defense in football. Yeah, with oh, yeah. a very strong running game and a coach that wants to pound the rock right now. So right. the other thing with Watson is a big playability too. So you don't need a ton yeah. of volume to pop if he's on the field. Best ball, yeah, best ball, About, yeah, best ball indeed. Vikings, I got nothing there. Dan, you got anything for the Vikings? No, he's it's very chalk there. All right, let's hit a beer review. Then we'll hit the other half of the league. Beer review. Whoever wants to go, go. I'll go. Again, phase three. This is called Just on the Road. This is in collaboration with Roaring uh, Table Brewery. This is a uh, double, double IPA. So, so double, di- double dry hop, double IPA. Big Secret, Nelson Sublon, El Dorado, and Laurel. Laurel, sorry. Um, It's how hazy IPAs are. Super full body, a lot of pungent flavors, a lot of citrus, stone fruit. Uh, you get the dankiness, pininess from the hops, um, which from the hot, generally probably from more of the white. You think it'd be from the white grapes hopper? More so from. Uh, well, think what would be? More of the pininess. Um, what hops? Well, are, from the West Coast. What hops did Coast you say are in there again? Uh, Vic Secret, Nelson Salvan, El Dorado, and Laurel. I'm not familiar with Laurel. Let me look that up because Nelson Suavin's more white grape. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, um, El stone fruit. Uh, it is from the Laurel hops. Wonderfully floral. Um, there you go. Herbal notes. Yeah, that's a lot of that must be. God, they must have put a lot in yeah, there. El Dorado is a lot of skunk stone fruit and Vic Secrets like tropical and berry. Yeah. So here it is. It's, it's, it's I love phase three. It's my favorite Chicago brewery. There you go, Ryan. Dropping some hop knowledge on you. Heck yeah. Oh. I learned something. You can use that when you're out with the boys next. You can be like, I learned things. I learned things from my other friends. <laughs> I was drinking Pabst. Don't lie to us, Ryan. We're your only friends. Through that. I was drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon, and I have no idea what hops are in this or, <laughs> or, or anything. It's a smooth drinker. It has a lot of multi sweetness to it. Actually, it's, it's very, very sweet. Um, so How old is it? American Lager. I don't know. Hold on. If it's that sweet, I mean, I know it's malt forward, but January twenty twenty two. So it's not super old for a lager. It's been no, kept cold. That, that's that's still fine. So yeah, uh, really smooth, easy drinker. Uh, like I said, a lot of malt sweetness to this. It's not bitter. It's not skunky uh, because it was kept cold. If you didn't keep it cold, it would definitely be skunky. So. Uh, overall, very, very good beer and one of my favorite go-to hipster beers when I want to drink like crap, so. I had Evans Williams Kentucky Straight Bourbon and Coke, and to me, it's just nice, you know, sugar, a little bit of sugar whiskey and Coke, so it's very relaxing, something I can chill with and drink, so very smooth. Kind of hard to explain it. 
So you either you like whiskey or you don't, I feel like. It's bourbon and Coke. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's like water, I, I, you know. <laughs> I mean, okay. we can't drink. The, I, I can't drink them like water, so. It does give you. So Beer Advocate actually gives you. Uh, gives you some information on Pabst Blue Rhythm. It uses a combination of two and six-row barley. Six-row barley is um, kind of a classic. Yeah, kind of a classic grain that has, you know, it's more different from two-row based on enzymes. It's a little bit earthier in European hops, so probably some noble hops in there. Uh, Proprietary lager yeast and a unique fermentation and maturation process. That sounds like a hipster that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Noble hops. Anyway. Makes sense. And also the malt sweetness makes sense with that builds are ball there. Anyway. All right, cool. Second half of the league. Houston Texans. Um I'm watching the running backs closely for the Texans. Um you know, I'm also watching what Mechie does and if he can surpass Collins as the two. But I'm really paying close attention to the running backs here, particularly Damian Pierce and Marlon Mack. You know that one. That's exactly the same with the exact two I'm going after. Marlon Mack and Damian Pierce are the running backs of the Houston Texans. And the words of Matt Kelly, you can just you can just draft them both because they're both double digit round picks. Yeah. Let them hang around. They're 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 literally going one pick separated from each other. Pierce is uh ten oh nine, Max ten oh eight. There you go. Colts. Um couple things you could argue for the Colts. You could argue the tight end position isn't going to be Mo, Mo Alley Cox. Um, you know, Matt Ryan at quarterback has traditionally supported tight ends. A lot of people like Jelani Woods coming in as a rookie. Uh, but you know, also you need to pay close attention to that wide receiver two position. We know Pittman's gonna be the one. But, you know, they liked Ashton Doolin enough to, to re-sign him. Paris Campbell's looking healthy and caught a lot of hype in, in off-season activities, and they spent a second-round pick on Alec Pierce. Yep. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> I set Ryan these, with the, uh, things with the Dan analysis there. Set these things up <laughs> for discussion. And Yep. I mean, it's, I mean, it's right, though. It's, it's a wide receiver 2-3, I guess. I think it's going to be Moali Cox. It's hard to see. I mean, traditionally, rookie tight ends. They struggle. They struggle. They don't get on the field early. Um, so I think it's going to be who takes the number two and three spot. I expect them to run. Just depends on me wide receiver three sets they run. But it's with who's playing alongside Pittman. And you have to think it's, you have to think it's probably going to be one of, um, Right. What a Campbell or Doolin to start the year, and then just how long does it take for uh, for Pierce to get out there? I mean, or both if they run a lot of three wide receiver sets, which they could. Yeah, yeah, but absolutely. They also have Naeem Hines, so they could go two backs as well. They so can get cute. They can get cute. Plus, like, when does uh, Julio Jones sign? You know, like, when and where? Hopefully like, not in, at Indy. Oh, you don't want to pick paired back up with Matt Ryan? I want him to go to Green Bay, as much as it hurts to say. At least go... Somewhere where it can be a thing. Um, Jacksonville, I think we're watching who's healthier out of James Robinson and Travis Etienne, <laughs> and who's going to be the back there. I have Maybe to the put way, my money on Etienne. But. Yeah, the way, the way you were saying about last week, Dan, it's like, you know, the news you've been hearing, Etienne's going to explode. It's like, man, I'm trying to get Etienne everywhere I can now. I've always wanted to get Etienne where he can. He's got the DeAndre Swift upside. And, you, and now you get a 
legitimate offensive, you know, play caller and a non horrible situation. <clears throat> and you know, Lawrence with no target on its back, I think it's going to be. I I love the Jaguars. I'm, I'm not in love with it, but I'm I'm very much intrigued by it because everyone's of value. Including yeah, Christian Kurtz. <laughs> we talk about it like every fucking week. <laughs> Still goddamn cheap. Okay. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Tennessee Titans. <laughs> I, I guess between Burks, uh, Burks and Woods. Is really Burks' health, right? Like, Well, it's Woods' health, too. Woods, I mean, yeah. Woods is on the fast track to start. And be ready by week one. There's been no setbacks. There's been no talk of setbacks. Yeah, yeah do I we guess. Get a, is that do right? We get a death, do we get like a Death Fitzpatrick fight? Like, you know, rear like no, uh, no. resurrection? Does no. Kyle Phillips become something? A career resurrection. He's been in the league for a year. Well, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> one he, year. He, he, it's coming he, back, guys. He's never there. Nick He's Westbrook. Oh, yeah, he wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, I think Nick Westbrook and Keen's probably the – he might start the year as a two if Burks, can, if Burks is on the track, which would be a terrible sign. Yeah, it's just shades in the kill here at that point. Austin Hooper, you know, too. He was, you know, he's been productive throughout his career, and the team is in dire need of a number two receiving option. Yeah, be and interesting get him to late. see how much they use a tight end. I mean, we're also assuming we're going to be able to pick up anything from training camp at all, and then we're not going to have to figure this shit out the first. Right? Time. I was gonna <laughs> say just how much is our, are these teams going to actually show us? Yeah. Um, Falcons. Running backs, that's particularly what I'm looking at. Can Tyler Algier put together a good enough camp to be the primary back coming out of camp um, and beat out Damian Williams and Cordero Patterson? I'm banking on it. I don't know if he'll start. And I don't think it just depends how they want to utilize, I guess, Patterson more. With them, with them kind of, I don't want to say overhauling their running back room. I guess we'll see if he's going to be more playing out of the slot this year. I guess that's where my intrigue is, is how it's it's what we're hearing about Patterson, where he's being lined up, if he's being you know, primarily used out of the backfield, which I think would be a bad sign for both backs behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just like with Houston, you know, they're going to be playing for behind a lot. Um, yes, they have quarterbacks that are mobile, but they're not hyper-mobile. They don't, you know, at least not on their profile, especially with Marriott at this point in his career, one of these guys is going to be catching passes out of here, especially Patterson's playing primarily out of the slot. Well, the thing with Patterson, too, out of the backfield is, I mean, he only averaged four yards to carry. It's not like he was some enigma as a as a runner. So you can certainly improve on that. He had a 1,000 scrimmage sure. yards, but 550 of that was, and a lot of his value came from the receiving game and, you know, picking up 70 targets there. On top, I mean, the dude had... 200, yeah, 205 touches. And he's an early season yeah. guy. He's so. like, he fell off pretty hard uh, towards the end of the year, it felt like, at least from what I remember he did. So I'm also curious to see who the quarterback's going to be. Is it really going to be Mariota? Is it going to be Ritter? So I, and then, then whoever it is. Kind, it, kind, is kind of an underarching thing, right? Yeah, yeah, it's true, too. It's like, you know, how heavy they lean on Kyle Pitts. Like, you know, everyone's assuming Kyle Pitts is going to be a wide receiver one, but if it's one of these two quarterbacks lean more on Drake London over Kyle Pitts, you know, then what? They will. But I think that there's still enough volume with them playing from behind to, to support 
pits, especially. I think we hold Mariota starts. I think I think I we think hold so Mariota comes out start right away. This and offense, I, and I think it's going to be starving. Yeah, I mean, it's a legitimate concern though. You know, they could also be one of the teams leading the league in three and outs, and it doesn't matter who's there. I don't. They're never going to be on the field. I don't think even if Mariota starts, I don't think he starts the whole season. But no, no. But I, I do think either. it's the right decision to to start with Mariota. That's why I think that's an underarching storyline, but still a storyline because I mean they do like Ritter. The reports out of camp on Ritter have been good, and if he has, you know, an awesome camp and Mariota shits the bed, things can change. Yeah, I agree. And, and then how do you guys feel about taking Kyle Pitts at three twelve right now? Get a lot of targets. Yeah, um, it's a bad he's offense, like but he's going to get a boatload of targets. I don't know. I don't like the elite tier tight end has kind of fallen off with some holes outside of Mark Andrews. Travis Kelsey's age, I think, scares some people down. So, you know, I, I'm totally on board with just waiting until the later rounds on tight end. If I can't get one of those three, and even then, I would rather have Pitts over Andrews, but. I, it's you know Kelsey. It, it just as Hopper said. I guess it depends whether they're landing in ADP. But Pitts going in the back of the third, who could produce like a back end wide receiver one, you know, high two, just given his potential volume. I mean, no, he's going to have more than probably one touchdown. Like there should be positive touchdown regression from that point. Oh my god, so, yeah, he was like five or I think he was what, projected for five or six last year. Everything would have went right. Yeah, it's it's he's fine. It's it depends where Drake London is, I guess, in his progression and his development. But you know, Pitts will primarily play on the outside. He's gonna have just as much upside as as most, if not all these tight ends. He, he might be one of the highest outside of maybe Kelsey. You know, for this year, not for Dynasty, yeah. obviously. Drake London's going at the ten ten right now too, so that's yeah, he's going late. Late. That's he's good. Got good value. It's good value for now. I, yeah, I noticed that in Scott Fishbowl too. He's going late. <clears throat> yeah, that's good. Yep. Uh, Carolina Panthers. I think that that is one hundred and twenty percent the Baker Mayfield Sam Darnold battle. <laughs> and when it, that should Whether be one thousand percent Baker's job. That's yeah. a Baker Mayfield Sam Darnold battle. Which one can make DJ more that wide receiver one we've all been waiting for? Both. DJ Moore is that good? Both. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go with neither. I don't trust the. I still don't trust the offense. Well, we're a little, we're a little off of each other there. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Both in your same either. We're a little, it's little, much little, like, it's little much bit like of a delta. Baker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for the Saints, I think that that is. I don't know. That's not the one. There's going to be some concern or a lot of attention paid to who can back up Kamara, um, especially if he ends up with a suspension. Uh, you know, does. Ingram have a little bit left in the tank or Dwayne Washington. Jesus, the options behind him are bad. Um, it's also going to be paying attention to Michael Thomas's health. And, you know, look, you've got three receivers there that I think are very, very capable of, you know, doing some, some good shit and are very, very capable of being productive wide receiver twos if they're the focal point. But, you know, can Alave come in and hit the ground running like a lot of rookies have? Uh, is Michael Thomas going to start the season on the pup? What does he have left? Jervis Landry coming out of Cleveland. Can he rebound at all? There's these receivers. I mean, and if they're all three healthy, then 
all of a sudden you got a very formidable receiving core somehow, but they eat into each other's targets so much that I don't know how good that is. I'm really watching this wide receiver core with the Saints to see how it shakes out. I don't know that it's necessarily a camp battle so much as it is who's healthy and who's likely to be the guy, or are they all healthy and it's going to make all of them, you know, wide receiver fours. But we'll see. Yeah, I totally agree on that. I mean, because you don't know how the wide receiver core is going to be. And is James Winston going to be unleashed? Like last year, it seemed like he was on such a, like, a tight collar where he was basically more of a game manager last year compared to where you saw him in Tampa Oh, Bay, yeah, where unleash the it. dragon. You know? <laughs> like, if he's able to be let go and let, just throw the, throw the ball, then, yeah. Who is the play I, caller there now? Uh, Dennis Allen, uh, Pete, Can- Pete Carmichael. Okay. <sighs> um, I don't know what his history is, actually. I'll play on my flag on a lobby. Just give me the younger guy with juice who should be playing outside. You know, talking about a rookie receiver who could end up popping this year, right around a thousand yards. I think Olave is probably one of your best bets, especially with Michael Thomas starting the year in the pub. Pete Carmichael has been the offensive coordinator in New Orleans since two thousand nine. All right, so we have no fucking clue because it's always been Sean Payton calling the shit. I feel like great, awesome, grand, glory, (sighs) fantastic. Yeah, Bucks. Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> we <laughs> talked about him. <laughs> he signed. He signed. Yay. Old back, old tight end core with the rookie. Cool. Awesome. Great. Great. What do you mean old? Cameron Braid's not that old. Old. Braid's got to be in his 30s, right? He's got to be up uh, there. I'm not, he's nah, not old, old. He's, he's not Rudolph old. He's in his late 20s. Braid is 31 years 31. old. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Uh, early 30s. I think Rudolph's in, I think Rudolph's like 34. 32. You'll be 33. We're certainly watching the tight end battle here. I also think we're certainly <laughs> watching. And well, we should be because I mean, Godwin's going to start on the pop. It's going to be Edmund. It's going to be Evans and then probably Russell Gage. And you know, it's not like Brady can't support a tight end if one of them's out there, but I none think none of these guys are Gronk. It's I, hard to say. Well, none of them are Gronk, but that doesn't mean none of them are not streamable options. Like Kate Otten? You can't go wrong with Kate Otten. No, you can't go wrong with Cameron Braid. I agree. Yeah, no. Don't, no. Don't, no. It'll, Braid will have his three catches, two touchdowns for two yards. It'll be like great. A perfect opportunity to bet something. The best I'm sure, there, I'm sure there's a line that we're all three out there. We are all three on different tight ends on the show. <laughs> right? I don't want any of them. No, no you're on Kyle Rudolph. Oh, by come on, Dan, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm on yeah. Kyle Rudolph. I guess I'm on the starter probably. I'll, I'll, fine, I'll take the starter. Uh, you're not on Cameron Bray. You're on Rudolph. I, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm on the starter. I'm on the dark horse. You're on the guy that, that's going to get caught uh, to go to the practice squad. I'm not older. Not- I'm not older reliable. You are not old. I mean, <laughs> technically Kyle Rudolph's also old reliable. <laughs> It's not in this offense yet. Not yet. Not yet. God, this is such a weird argument. Who nah. uh, you on? Rudolph, Cameron Braid, or the guy that's going to go to the practice squad? You, you can tell me we're trying hard to argue about something. We're talking about Tampa Bay tight ends. I'm having deja vu. I'm having deja vu. Have we done this before? I feel like I well, feel besides like, Kyle Rudolph, because you just signed there today. No, I yes. feel like we've done this before. <laughs> With this I think team. like two or three weeks ago, I think we did. Okay, you so, are Russell Gage and Mike Evans. Then you can and Leonard Fournette, and then uh, Rashad White or, or, or Keyshawn Vaughn. That's going to be a hell of a battle. Oh my god! 
It's white. Uh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Okay. Denver Broncos. Albert O and Greg Dolchich are supposed to be in a battle. I think it's going to be Albert O. Um, I, think it's, I think it's Dolchich. Same here. On it's, it's Albert O and Tim Patrick. I can't wait for Jerry Judy to fall by the white side. See, I've got a different take on that. The more I think about it, the more I think that... Don't you say Cortland Sutton, goddammit. No, I don't Cortland think Cortland Sutton. Sutton falls by the wayside either. I think Cortland Sutton is, you know, the the outside receivers that Wilson loves, and I think that Jerry Judy has a chance to be Tyler Lockett-like. He, I mean, he's going to play from the side. He's so going to play from the slide. He's reliable. He's a good yeah. route runner, and those were always Wilson's wide receiver ones. Just saying. I mean... Metcalf. Yeah, that's late. where Cortland Sutton comes in. Doesn't yeah. mean Lockett fell off, though. I think Jerry Judy is a solid wide receiver, too, that you're going to get above draft value on. I, I think Patrick will be. Yeah. Tim pa- Bur- now, I took Tim Patrick in the 13th round. I'm, I love Tim Patrick as a depth piece. To oh, have yeah. Around. Dude does nothing but produce when he gets the opportunity. Yep. I feel like we're missing the most important topic right now. The Javante Williams-Melvin Gordon split. Yeah, it's the same as you know, it is la- was last year. We're not going to know shit. And if it oh, falls, nothing. If it, I mean, if it's the same as last year, everyone can eat crow on freaking Williams because there's no way I would take him in the second round. I still won't. You, sh- you shouldn't. And, but here's what it is, right? No. You're not drafting Melvin Gordon expecting upside. You're drafting Melvin. Where you draft Melvin Gordon, you need to expect that Melvin Gordon gets no better than a 50% split because yeah. he won't. Javante Williams, if there's any upside swing there, it's going to be towards Javante Williams. But you're paying, you know, a semi-premium for it. Two hundred seven RB twelve going before, going before Barkley, Fournette, Zeke, and those guys. So I mean, yep. there is. Too high. I, I mean, let somebody else deal with it. There's a true, yep. ri- yeah, absolutely. Like that's the risk you shouldn't take in the second round. Like you know, you know, we always talk about what you should and should not do in your drafts, and you don't swing for, you don't super swing for the fences. If outside of health wise, you know, especially for your, you know, your top two or three picks, you got to be mm-hmm. mindful of that. That's a pick offense. You think you can jump and clear and you totally miss it. You nail it. I can't wait for Melvin Gordon out personal <laughs> experience. Oh my God. I'm going to love it. I'm going to laugh all the way to the championship. It's an eighth round pick right now. Super, super target for hero and, and oh, zero man. RB. I agree. All right. Chiefs, the Chiefs really have two battles to watch. It's their wide receivers as a whole between Valdez, Scantling, Hardman, Juju, um, Reese Fountain, Sky. Sky Moore, Josh Gordon. I mean, there's six guys that are battling for, for three spots with a top tier quarterback. And if you believe that Mahomes is still going to be a top tier quarterback, and I think most of us do, is going to need somebody other than Travis Kelsey. One or two of those guys is going to have to pop. And pop doesn't necessarily mean high end one like Tyreek Hill was. Oh, Justin Ross is there too. Um, it means that, you know, two of those guys are going to be in the wide receiver two, three discussion if one of them isn't a wide receiver one. And I don't see any of them necessarily being ones, which means that there's got to be two guys here to have. But you got to, you know, as far as who, I think a lot of people want it to be Sky. Um, I feel most comfortable with Juju, but we've seen flashes out of MVS. It's not Hardman for me though. It's not Hardman or MVS. I think I think if you're going to get it, it's going to be Juju or or Sky. You know, MVS couldn't find targets in a wide open depth chart behind Adams in Green Bay, playing with Aaron Rodgers. I don't think you're going to find it 
in Kansas City. Like, yes, there's no Aaron Rod- Yes, there's no Devontae Adams there, but it, it's no. If you're gonna take if you're gonna take stabs in the dark, Juju and Sky Moore, obviously it's a you know not Travis Kelsey. I just be Juju. I'm Juju now. It's I don't want to like wait too long or try to like find out who that one is. It's like I want just Juju because I have a feeling they're all gonna kind of cancel each other out one way or another week to week. Yeah. The problem with Valdez Scantling wasn't necessarily that he couldn't find target find targets because he got between, you know, five and seven most of his career. He just couldn't stay healthy. He's not he played sixteen games once, twice, three times. Never mind. He wasn't healthy last year. <laughs> Counting. It's hard. It is hard. But you know, he was a little bit over five targets a game last year as a as a deep threat, so <sighs> that's I still think it's Smith Schuster yeah. and Sky, but yeah. And then the running back battle is going to be the other one to watch. You know, they brought in Ronald Jones. Um, Jarek McKinnon was incredible during the playoffs last year, and then you know the incumbent Edward Tolaire. Are they done screwing with that, or are they going to keep giving him opportunities? So Clyde is <laughs> Clyde's five hundred four. Jones is nine hundred five. McKinnon's free. McKinnon will probably continue to be free. <clears throat> Don't forget about Derek Gore. McKinnon's free. Isaiah Pacheco. Oh, yeah, Isaiah Pacheco. All right, the Raiders. I, I was just hoping you to keep saying McKinnon's free. Oh, McKinnon's free. There you go. <laughs> there you Until go. one of those guys gets cut. Uh, Running backs for the Raiders between Kenyon Drake, Zamir White, Josh Jacobs. Give me Zeus. Jesus Christ. Get off. Just mute, mute him. Mute yourself, Ryan. You're on timeout. Jacob's for me. I like Drake. I've always liked getting new Drake. You, you have. Drake and Zamir are, are both in the bench stasses. And yeah. at least Josh yeah. Jacobs is in the middle of the fourth. I'm probably the, just not going to take him regardless. Cause. Yeah, he's going to be the guy. To, the, he's going to be the starter. He's going to be the guy that gets the first crack at it. But you are going to see some some Kenyon Drake and potentially some Zamir White mix in. Um, and I don't know that any of them necessarily have high-end value. But, you know, Drake's a guy that's done it. Zamir White, I didn't love his profile. So for me, it's Drake. Yeah. They just don't utilize him in the passing game enough. I mean, mm-hmm. Drake they did when he was healthy. Josh Jacobs, they just refuse to use him in that role unless everyone, you know, behind him gets hurt. Yeah. You add in Adams, you still have Renfro, you still have Waller. I just don't see I just don't see the allure. I mean, I'll sort of touch on potential because this offense should be better than years past, but ugh, I just I still like him. I think he's okay at, at this spot, but I'm I'll probably end up avoiding him. I'd rather have Travis Etienne. It's going to pick behind him. No. AJ Dillon's going in the fifth round, you know, almost a full round behind him. So just tough for me. Um Chargers. I don't see anything there that I'm all about. I guess the tight end position between Donald Parham and Gerald Everett. Got it. Better be I Gerald guess. Everett. Jesus you Christ. Hope so. God, if you can't beat up Parham. Eric Kramahek? <laughs> Bless you. 
Hunter Campmoyer. Okay, that wasn't as hard as I thought. It was just a long name. Trey McKitty. Stone Smart with two Stone Stone Smart with two T's. Oh, two T's. So he's just trying to make a he's just, he's just, he's just trying no, to make an H. No, it's not Trey McKitty. Anyway, we're done there. <laughs> Cardinals. It's really gonna be nothing. Actually, no. I got nothing no. there. No, it's I've got one thing there. It's the backup to James Conner because that matters between Daryl Williams, does. you know Benjamin Keontae Ingram. It, it, the backup to James Conner does matter here because one, they are going to protect James Conner. He's not going to be a two hundred carry guy. So whoever the backup is matters quite a bit, especially given his injury history, and they're going to have some flex value. So it, it's between Daryl Williams, um, you know Benjamin Keontae Ingram. They might lean on Connor a little bit more without Hopkins for six weeks. Too. I wouldn't be surprised if Connor is. See, I think they're going to lean on Ertz more, which is why I took him as my Scott Fishbowl type. Oh, yeah. You, you want Ertz regardless. Even when Hopkins comes back, I still like Ertz, especially at value. But I think I could definitely see them lean on, on Connor. I know the wheels, I know the wheels inevitably fall off and then they'll go right to their RBBC. I have a gut feeling that like Hopkins not, isn't going to get spend six games, he's going to get down to like two or four. That's what I'm hoping for. You know, I'm he still waiting to hear he that. He doesn't have a record. I'm, I'm surprised there has been no word on his appeal yet. There hasn't been a word on a lot of shit out of the NFL office. I know. Like, what the fuck? Makes me wonder what the hell they're doing. Nothing. We need, we need to know things. I want to know things. <laughs> we do need to know Come things. On. Hopefully that picks up during training camp. Yeah, um, Los Angeles Rams. Why, uh, looking at the running backs here between Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, Kyron Williams, I guess not really. It's basically going to be Cam Akers. We think he's healthy after last year if he has it his backfield. It should be his backfield. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I can kind of make a battle out of there. Yeah, there's they're all set. I guess maybe tight ends if if a Bryce uh, Hopkins can yeah it's Higby can take Higby, out more yeah, than Higby. Higby. Yeah, I think it's Higby. that's Higby, that's all we really got though. If yeah, San Francisco, it's the backup running back again behind Elijah Mitchell um, with. Tyrion Davis Price, Jeff Wilson, Trey Sermon, Jermichael Hasty. Um, we know that you go three deep with value in the Niners backfield, so it's gonna be how that shakes out. Um, but I think Mitchell's pretty solidified as a starter here. Yeah. It's not really camp battle, but I'm curious to see like how uh uh crap, about camp it? battles, Ryan. Uh, I know it's about camp battles. <laughs> but I'm curious to see what Trey Lance can do. Run the football and take targets away from its offense. Yeah, right. And take goal line touchdowns run. away from the running backs. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna make I everyone. Got, it's making all the running flop. backs irrelevant. I'm just here to see if he flops. It's not. Like, I just think he's gonna flop. Who cares if he flops? As long as he gets me a shit ton he's of. Got he's, he's got rushing football. It's got. He's got. He's got the Konami code upside, Ryan. He can only flop so far. Yeah. He's got the. He's got the upside. He can't he be worse than Deshaun Kaiser and Tim Tebow. He'll be fine. Mm, okay. Yeah, I agree. He can't be. Got yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Seattle. Nice. Who is the quarterback? Drew Locke. <laughs> Who's the starting running back? Yeah, that's and that's it right there. You just summed it up. It's gonna be Drew Locke versus Geno Smith. Uh and Kenneth Walker versus the health of Rashad Penny and Chris Carson. <laughs> And when they trade for Jimmy G, you can throw him in the quarterback ring too. Oh, Darwin Thompson's uh, here. We better consider God. that again. 
Darwin Dotson's there too. Yep. Oh man, the goats himself. Thank God they got a good punter. <laughs> God, that team's gonna be so horrible to watch. It's gonna be great. <laughs> They're gonna be really bad. <laughs> They're gonna be so bad. So anyway, that's all I got. That's it. That's uh, the show. Those are your camp battles. Uh, focus will probably be on training camp and redraft for the next month. So, love it. Buckle up for that. Yay. Uh, I am, or the show is at Beerfield on Twitter. I am at Beerfield Hop with two P's. Dan is at Beerfield Thurry. Ryan is at Ryan Minor underscore FFFFB. FFB. FFB. Yeah. Not, not Beerfield Ryan or anything like that. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Minor. Underscore. That's Ryan Minor underscore FFB. Minor with an E, by the way. And I don't know. Yeah, like coal miner, not, people not that mine, miner. not underage. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Hey, yeah. Bye.